0: Good morning, everyone. We uh, we have in our midst today a special speaker and friend from the Gideons International, Mr. Joseph uh, Beaumont. He'll be reading the word today. Um, in order for him to feel comfortable, I decided not to wear a robe. Both of us are. I wanted him to feel more comfortable that way. I don't think that there are any um, big surprises in the service today. Um, in terms of any changes. However, at the very end of the service, uh, please note that the hymn is actually written in the bulletin. It's not in any of the hymns. Um, In your bulletin this morning, you'll find an insert from the Gideons International as well as an insert insert from our stewardship team. Uh, We're coming up on Stewardship Month in November, and they're trying to uh, get us uh, in the mind part for that. After the message today, we're going to do something that I'm hoping will be fun. Um, I'm going to put a scroll of paper on the communion table, and I'm going to put markers up here. After the sermon today, we've all been, the whole service is focusing on the Word of God. I'd like you to come up to the communion table and write a verse of scripture from memory. Just put it on the any verse. Okay. Now I thought about eliminating the possibility of the Lord's Prayer in the twenty. But I decided that at my age, that was probably not a wise thing to do. So any scripture verse that you can write from memory, if I did come up and simply write it on the scroll, simply a way of saying or expressing the appreciation that we have and the role that scripture plays in our faith life. In response to the message. Let's, uh, let's begin with a word of prayer. Almighty God, you pour out the spirit of grace and supplication on all who desire it. Deliver us from cold hearts and wandering thoughts, that with steady minds and burning zeal, we may worship you in spirit and in truth, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts to which indeed you were called in the one body. The peace of Christ be with you. Let's stand and share a sign of peace with each other. On this beautiful, bright autumn morning, we're called to worship with the word of God. Our help is in the name of the Lord, creator of heaven and earth. Grace to you and peace from God our creator and the Lord Jesus Christ. God is great and greatly to be praised. Praise the great and awesome name. Our God is a lover of justice, who executes justice and righteousness. Holy is our God. Come, let us worship the Lord. Your holiness, O Lord, sets you apart from us in so many ways. As we approach you knowing that no one can see you and live, we are mindful of your Spirit's presence and constant mediation of your being to us, through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Savior. So we come confessing our unholy estate. Together we pray. Holy God, our ruler and deliverer, you have loved us and put faith in us, and we have disappointed you. We have forgotten your good works on our behalf, and failed to trust your promises. Our world shows little evidence of the justice and righteousness. Our governments are corrupt, and our economies brutal. We do not honor you with our lives, O oh Lord. Be gracious, show mercy to us, feed us, and sustain us by your presence. That we may know you, find favor. Lord have mercy upon us. Christ have mercy upon us. Lord have mercy upon us. Hear the good news. Who is in a position to condemn? Only Christ and Christ died for us. Christ rose for us. Christ reigns in power for us. Christ prays for us. Anyone who is in Christ is a new creation. The old life has gone. A new life has begun. Know that you are forgiven and be at peace. Thanks. Hear what our Lord Jesus Christ says. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, and with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the greatest and first commandment, and the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. And so let us live. As we come to the reading of God's word, let us pray. Lift up your hearts. Let us lift them to the Lord our God. Your word is your self-revelation to us of your will and your way. Grant that in hearing we will obey, and in obeying we will glorify you, so that we might enjoy you forever.
1: Amen. The first lesson is taken from the sixth chapter of Deuteronomy, beginning at the first verse, keeping the law. Now this is the commandment, the statutes and the ordinances, that the Lord your God charged me to teach you, to observe in the land that you are about to cross into and occupy. So that you and your children and your children's children may fear the Lord your God all the days of your life and keep all the, his decrees and his commandments that I am commanding you so that your days may be long. Hear therefore, O Israel, and observe them diligently so that it may go well with you and so that you may multiply greatly in the land flowing with milk and honey as the Lord, the God of your ancestors, has promised you. Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord alone. You shall love the God your, your God with all your heart, and with all your soul, and with all your might. Keep these words that I am commanding you today in your heart. Recite them to your children, and talk about them when you are at home and when you are away, when you lie down and when you rise. Bind them as a sign on your hand, Fix them as an emblem on your forehead, and write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
0: Let us read the Psalm 19, verses 7 to 14 responsively. It's found in your bulletin. The law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. The decrees of the Lord are sure, making wise and simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is clear, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is pure, enduring forever. The ordinance of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, even much fine gold. Sweeter also than honey and drippings of honeycomb. Moreover, by them is your servant warned. In keeping them there is great reward. But who can detect their errors? Clear me from hidden faults. Keep back your servant also from the insolent. Do not let them have dominion over me. Then I shall be blameless and innocent of great transgression. But the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable to you. O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Our second lesson comes to us according to the Gospel of Matthew chapter 5, and it speaks to us of Jesus' position or teaching on the role of the law in the life of the Spirit. Do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have come not to abolish, but to fulfill. For truly I tell you, until heaven and earth pass away, not one letter. Not one stroke of a letter will pass from the law until all is accomplished. Therefore, whoever breaks one of the least of these commandments and teaches others to do the same will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever does them and teaches them will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I tell you, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Today we are privileged to have Mr. Joseph Beaumont, who is a member of Gideons International, the local Middlesex chapter of the Gideons. And he brings to us a message about the ministry of the Gideons International and the role of scripture in the life of believers. Joseph, welcome.
2: morning. Thank you, Reverend Shepler, And uh, I really appreciate what you're planning to do after the service. A scripture memory is so vitally important. Uh, you don't have to be a Gideon to know that. That upon my heart, again, very recently, my father uh, has Alzheimer's. He's in a uh, home. And every time I go to visit him, I always ask him at the end uh, to pray. And thank God he's always open to that. And I usually try to read a few verses of Scripture to him. Well, the last time I went to visit him, uh, we, we prayed at the end, and I was getting ready to leave, and he said, Aren't you going to do the verse? lo and behold, uh, I didn't have my Gideon Testament with me, but thank the Lord I had some verses memorized, so I recited some verses for him, so so crucially important. Pleasure to be here this morning, uh, your church has a long, rich history, I believe uh, I read on your website 1873 the church uh, started, I don't know how long this building has been here, but according to your website, I believe I read 1873, long, rich history in this church. <clears throat> he terrorized New York City for over a year. He committed several murders, set a number of fires, taunted police with letters. He was finally apprehended, went to trial, but actually pled guilty, and was placed in a New York State prison. A few months later, he was walking through the exercise yard of that prison, and another prisoner snuck up behind him, and cut his throat. He was rushed to the prison infirmary. Uh, The doctors worked on him. They were able to save his life. They told him that uh, if the cut had been a quarter inch in either direction, he would have bled to death. Sometime after that, he was walking through that same exercise yard, and another prisoner came up to him and offered him a Gideon Testament and told him about the love of Jesus Christ. And he was stymied by this, and he looked at the man and he said, uh, there's no way God to love me. Do you realize some of the things I've done in my life? But he took the Testament, took it back to his cell, and sometime after that, he felt the conviction to pick that Testament up and start reading it. And he did. And God started to do a work in his life, and God saved him. Uh, My wife and I had the privilege of hearing his testimony by videotape some years ago at an international convention. Uh, You may remember him as the son of Sam, David Berkowitz. Uh, Today, he is an ordained minister in that particular prison, and he goes by the name of the Son of Hope. Marvelous salvation stories like this are made possible because we have a faithful God who opened the door for the Gideons to come into that New York State Prison and distribute his word. Who are the Gideons? The Gideons are an association of born-again business and professional men whose sole objective is the use of God to win men, women, boys, and girls to our wonderful Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Uh, we currently have over 185,000 members in 194 countries. Uh, we're best known, of course, for scripture distribution, although we do other things. Uh, we have the privilege of distributing scriptures in over 80 languages. One million scriptures every five and a half days, and uh, throughout the world. And keep this in mind: one million scriptures about every five and a half days. Most of that, most of that is one-on-one distribution. It's not mass dumping of scriptures. Uh, sometimes we do have to give scriptures in bulk, uh, for example, at uh, high-security prisons and places like that. But most of that distribution, one million every five-and-a-half days, is one-on-one distribution. Uh, we've had the privilege of distributing over 1.7 billion scriptures since the ministry was started in 1899. And the ministry started with two Christian men praying in a hotel room in Boscobel, Wisconsin. A man had made a promise to his dying mother that he would have devotions every night and he checked into that hotel, and he was told by the clerk that uh, the room was the room. All the rooms were full, but he could share a room with another man. Uh, he did that. It just so happened God in His providence, the other man was also a Christian. They prayed, and from that grew Gideon's International. Uh, why do we do what we do? Well, we read in Isaiah 55:11, "So shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth; it shall not return unto me void." but it shall prosper in the thing whereto I sin it. And we read in Hebrews 4.12, For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit, and of joints and marrow, and is a, dis- is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Our major areas of scripture distribution are hotels and motels, my wife and I drove cross-country about uh, seven years ago, and obviously we stopped in a uh, number, hot- uh, number of motels. And um, there was only one motel, and that was in a, uh, a rural area in uh, Nevada. Only one motel that did not have a Gideon Bible. We also distribute scriptures on college campuses. As a matter of fact, this, uh, just this past Monday, Columbus Day, a number of Gideons from throughout the state of New Jersey were on this campus. Uh, handing out the word of God, uh, we had the privilege of distributing over 5,600 scriptures that day. We also distribute scriptures on public sidewalks in front of public schools, in hospitals. Uh, Your local, what's called Middlesex Camp, uh, goes at least once a year to St. Peter's and Robert Wood Johnson Hospital. In nursing homes, and of course, as previously mentioned, prisons and correctional centers, at police and fire stations, and on modes of transportation. Uh, the Gideon ministry, uh, really, though, is about people, uh, people like Michael Brown. Now, Michael Brown grew up in a uh, Jewish household, uh, not, a, not an Orthodox household, but uh, he, uh, he didn't have too much time for Christians. And Michael Brown was accepted at uh, Georgia Tech University. And while he was at Georgia Tech, about a year after he was there, he was called in uh, by the person in charge of housing for, the, uh, for Georgia Tech, and he was told that uh, they had to move, uh, his, move him to another dorm. Well, so happened the dorm where he was going to be moved had the nickname God's Country, and the reason why it had the nickname God's Country uh, because there were so many Christians there, and he wasn't too happy about this. Well, he went to that dormitory, and nobody found out. He found out that uh, it wasn't what he thought it would be that those Christians had a great love for him, a great concern for him. And one day, he was going to class at Georgia Tech University, and he saw some men handing out books. He uh, didn't know what it was, what they were, but he, he took one as he was hurrying to class. just so happened it was a Gideon Testament. Sometime after that, he began reading it and became a child of God. Now, if the story ended there, it would be glorious, but there's even more to that story. He got a job with IBM after he graduated from Georgia Tech, and he worked for IBM for about five years. Uh, But then he felt a call to the ministry, and he decided to go to seminary. Today, he is known as Reverend Michael Brown, and he is pastoring a Messianic congregation in California. Now, you may say to yourself, uh, well, all this sounds good, Joseph, but how can I help uh, the Gideons? You can help us in a few ways. First of all, you can pray for us. Uh, we, read, we read in James 5:16 that the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. And when I ask you to pray for us, I'm not asking you to do anything that uh, Gideons throughout the world don't do. In fact, uh, on the 6th and the 26th of each month, uh, we are praying for you. We have a number of prayer calendars in the Gideon ministry, and on our international prayer calendar, on the 6th and 26th of each month, we are praying for pastors, we are praying for congregations, we are praying for missionaries. So on the 6th and the 26th of every month, you have over 185,000 Gideons praying for you. Secondly, you can have qualified men become Gideons, any born-again business professional man who is a member of good standing of a local evangelical church or congregation and has his pastor's recommendation can become a Gideon. I'd be happy to speak with any of you uh, men about that after the service. And finally, you can help us through your uh, financial uh, support. Now, your your pastor and I have already spoken about that, and uh, thank you for... uh, For your uh, generosity pastor Uh, but you uh, could also in your bulletin insert explains how you can give to the Gideons this explains the what's called the Gideon card program Uh, gives you the opportunity to give uh, cards uh, in memory uh, of someone who has gone on to be with the Lord uh, in recognition of some sort of happy event now October October is Pastor Appreciation Month what a what a uh, wonderful way to uh, honor your pastor by giving some uh, Bibles in recognition of his service for the Lord and you could also give uh, Bibles uh, give what are called thinking of you cards Uh, somebody who's going through a difficult time you can give Bibles to that particular person there are other cards available and God willing, uh, I spoke with uh, Pastor Shepler about this earlier. God willing, we'll have, a, uh, we'll have a Gideon card display for you in uh, your church soon. So that's another way you can, uh, you can help the Gideons. Uh, when I think of the Gideons, I think of people like John Ward. Now, John Ward, from the time he was very, very young, had one goal in life. And his goal was to go to college and ultimately become a rich, successful lawyer. See, nobody in his family uh, prior to that had, uh, had gone to college. Well, John Ward uh, worked very, very hard, and he finally graduated with a law degree. And he said to himself, uh, after he graduated, he said, well, how am I going to uh, reach this goal of becoming rich and successful? Well, I'll tell you what I have to do, he said. I have to be the first one at the firm in the morning, and I have to be the last one to leave in the evening. Well, he found out that at that particular firm, there was, a, you know, there was one lawyer who got there at 7 a.m. So he said, well, that's fine. I'll be there at 6.30. And he was at that firm every morning at 6.30. And sometimes didn't leave till about 1 or 2 a.m. Uh, the next morning. Now, John Ward reached his goal. But you can imagine what happened ultimately. He, uh, he became estranged from his family. Uh, and there was an emptiness. It just wasn't enough for him. And he, was, he came home early one morning, and he went into his den, and he saw a big banner in his den that said, Happy Birthday. And he had been so caught up in his work that he had forgotten that that uh, previous day was his wife and one of his children's birthday. They happened to share the same, uh, the same birthday. And he sat down on his couch, and he, uh, he wondered, what, uh, what is it all about? What is life all about? I'm rich, I'm successful, uh, but there's still an emptiness. Well, he had received, uh, prior to this, he had received a testament from his neighbor, Ernie, who was a Gideon. And the next uh, few hours later, some hours later, he knocked on Ernie's door and talked with him. and They talked, and John prayed, and became a child of God. And the story even goes on. He went on to become a, uh, a Gideon. He went on to become president of the Arkansas Gideons, and he served for a time as our international chaplain. And again, stories like this are made possible because of the faithfulness of the Lord uh, who opens doors for Gideons to distribute scriptures throughout the world. We are partners in ministry ministry with you. Uh, You, by supporting the Gideons, uh, actually support missionaries in over 190 countries. And even the most missionary-minded church, cannot say we support missionaries in over 190 countries but through your support of the Gideons you can do that I'd like to thank you for your time this morning may the Lord richly bless you
0: How many times in our lives has a passage of Scripture touched us in a way that helped us through a difficult time, helped us with a significant decision, choice, comforted us, counseled us, stored us, encouraged us? Scripture, extremely important part of our lives as we children of I would like you to uh, give testimony to that, if you would, by taking an opportunity up and to write on the scroll, laying on the, a phrase or a passage, a verse of scripture that, for you, has given you some sense of strength, or perhaps God's touching your life. Very. I think that uh, one of the things that I was, as a young man. Very uh, was um, I had the opportunity to sit in on a conference where a Christian at that time from the Soviet bloc had escaped um, West Germany, um, spoke about what happens in Gulag when there's no scripture, talked about how the, the men and women in the communities Light scripture from memory, passages that they could remember from when in church service, worship service, Sunday, and it was only what they could remember that became a source of strength and help helped them when they were in their. Country. That was very impressed on. I have to tell you that, while I have not memorized the Bible from cover to cover, uh, Bible memory has always been. Not only were the kids catechized memorized the family right at supper table, but scripture, all the scripture uh, is measured, really, uh, of our faith in God's promises. So I'd like to give you an opportunity to come forward and write a verse on the scroll, and uh, we'll see what kind of variety of scripture uh, we fall from uh, our lives. As we wrap up the writing of script, fun. Curious, does anyone know what the middle of the Bible Psalm? Um, which one? Do you know which one? It is Psalms. Psalm one hundred and eighteen. Middle of the Bible. Um, how many of you know when we have the early? Written record of scripture. Written record. It is a manuscript from the Dead Sea Scrolls. It is a text of Genesis chapters one the oldest scripture path and it comes from the Dead Sea Scroll Discovery. Anyone know what year the canon of the Old Testament? Was? When did they decide what the books of the New Old Testament? Was? AD 90. Jewish Council in Jerusalem established the text of the Old Testament book. What about the New Testament? When did they decide what contact or the content of the New Testament? Was? Very soon after, about 100-105, okay? By the Council of Nicaea, 25. the New Testament was divided between the apocryphal books and what we understand. So between 100 and 325 was the whole process of deciding what was in fact scripture. What one book of the New Testament was actually doubted to be Scripture by the Reformers? But no. Martin Luther called it the Gospel of all. book of James. Because James emphasized that faith had to be created by works. found that unbiblical. So even as, as late as the Reformation, the Scripture was... Reformers were arguing as late as the 16th century what the content of the canon would be. That is the role of Scripture. And one of the things we do on Sunday mornings as God's people um, is to pray. And I'd like to... Uh, ask you to first stand and confess with me and then we'll move to the offering and have our morning prayer together. So will you stand with me using the words, the oldest words that we know of as a confession of faith, the Apostles' Creed, and let's confess our faith together. Together we believe. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the power and the life everlasting. God has given us all good things, and our ties and gifts and offerings are our way of saying thank you and committing our resources to God's kingdom. This time, I'd like to take up the morning. Talk. I'm going to take us into a time of prayer and ask that when I give you some a moment of silence, uh, you speak into the silence the names of those you would like to remember in prayer this morning. Welcome. Let us pray. The flowers the grace the communion table today are presented by Helen and Steve Sander in honor of Ellen and Mike's wedding anniversary. So during the coffee hour, uh, congratulate them. Uh, she's smiling, he's not, I don't know what that means. Uh, but uh, I, 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 th- I think it's been a happy couple years. Uh, we're glad that we can celebrate with you today family. Of, um, if you are visiting with us, of course, we want to invite you to come and share with us coffee and good service a time of fellowship. I had to, uh, I hope um, don't mind my doing this, Tom. Tom shared that one of, his, one of Morgan's friends put up on Facebook how much fun it was to come to our church because of coffee hour. Not the sermon, but coffee hour. I thought that was that was really. The young lady with some I believe, a Roman Catholic background. Her parish didn't have a coffee hour. He thought that was really cool. So, if you want to come to a really cool coffee hour, we want to invite you to come and join us after the service. Power, um, power. Please uh, stand with me now, and let's sing together. Let there be peace on earth, as we remember peace and justice. From this place today, all of us leave to walk our path. There are some of us who will be walking a special path today as the crop walk begins at the Somerset Presbyterian Church. If you have not signed up and still would like to go, I'm sure Martha can help you with any information you need. Uh, today is the day, the day we walk. God gave us a beautiful day, but that is the same day that all of us walk out into our lives as we do so built on the foundation of Christ and his word, yes. grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, love of God our Father, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit, rest upon and abide with us all until Christ returns in glory then forever. All God's people said.